Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. A ton of stuff going on. Lots to get to. But first... We'll get to the Super Bowl. We'll get to the settlement for the family of Drayshawn Reed, but I would like to play some mood music, if you don't mind, please. Floated in the summer sky. Well, of course. 99 red balloons go by. Nina or Nina? Is it Nina or Nina? I think it's Nina. Nina. Of course. Nina Nina. Of course it's the official uh, Chinese balloon mood music. <laughs> 99 left balloons. So since Friday... Uh, boy, we've been shooting down UFOs all over the place, it seems like. And I asked Friday when that they shot the one down over Alaska. They didn't know what it was. They said they called it an object, but they weren't calling it a UFO. I said, that's, if you don't know what it is and you shoot it down, it sounds to me like an awful lot like an unidentified flying object or UFO. People just associate aliens with that. Yeah. But if you look at the textbook definition of an unidentified flying object... The things that were shot out of the air fell into that category. So, yeah, we had some UFOs, uh, uh, one UFO in Alaska, another object. We call them objects. That's what the uh, military is calling them. Objects shot down in Canada. And then uh, one over the Great Lakes over the weekend. That's, that's three for the weekend, four in the last eight days, if you're counting the Chinese spy balloon over Myrtle Beach. Which- so we've got the ability to have satellites go around the earth and take picture after picture. I've made this comparison before. If I go to Las Vegas and I walk into a casino and I put a chip on a roulette table and I try to sneak and move it after the ball has already landed, the eye in the sky of the casino (laughs) can get a picture of me, a picture of my hand. They will know that I am no longer welcomed. So the technology exists to get picture of whoever you want in this country. But for some reason, we have no photos of whatever the hell we're well, shooting out of the air. You know what was kind of interesting to me is the the head guy Norvet, NORAD, um, North American Aerospace Defense Command, which um, in conjunction with Canada, uh, shot down the thing over Canada over the weekend. <laughs> he said the reason for the recent shootdowns were, quote, adjustments made to radar allowing defense systems to track slower objects combined with a heightened alert following the suspected Chinese spy balloon that emerged over U.S. airspace in late January. So that, to me, sounds like <laughs> it may have been going on for a lot longer than we've realized because the radars haven't been picking them up. Okay, that's great, that's- but what are they? Like, that's my biggest concern. We know they're there, and there's no doubt in my mind that these things have probably been happening for a long time. But what the hell are they? Like, we could see the balloon. That was, what, 60,000 feet? You could still make out the balloon. They shot that down. That's a Chinese balloon. Everything else they're being really secretive about. Like, this is what I'm talking about. The DOD spokesman over the weekend, quote, These most recent objects did not pose a kinetic military threat, but their path and proximity to sensitive DOD sites and the altitude that they were flying could be a hazard to civilian aviation and thus raised concerns. And they didn't know how they were being, uh, you know, uh, in terms of propulsion. Nobody knows. Does, nobody has an answer for that. Well, that's not well. good. <laughs> I don't like to hear that. Like they didn't see any, you know, wings or 
or I, I think there's a ton of countries, including the United States, that have a lot more advanced technology they've been working on for a long time and are testing out drones a long time. Countries are ramping up their drone capabilities. Who knows what this thing was? Maybe, you know, I, I think uh, they were awfully easy to shoot down, though. But one landed on ice. Now, yeah, one landed one on yet. ice. Oh, maybe they did. Like, tell me what it is. It's on the ground. I can tell you they were, the, the one over the Great Lakes was octagon in shape. I think there's a technique, like octagonal. Octagonal. <laughs> it's pretty fancy <laughs> book learning you got there. Um, let's, let, I tell you what, here's the person that can make sense out of all of oh, this. Oh, finally. Because nobody breaks things down in a more intelligent and smart way than White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre. <laughs> Why is why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada? Because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD is part of like a it, part of a it's a it's a what you call a coalition, a consortium, a, 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 so, a pact, okay. exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that again. We didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in in uh, in uh, clearly in 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 in, in step with uh, right. Canada. We did it in step with Canada, so we got that <laughs> going for us. <laughs> I didn't notice that one. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, she's awful at her job. I mean, how long are we going to let her go on? She is so bad at this. And I'm not just saying that because I disagree with her politics. I disagreed with Jen Psaki's politics. But Saki was good at her job. This woman is a clown. She's awful. I'm sorry. I know that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but Canada. Well, welcome to the Hammer Nigel show. <laughs> uh, by the way, Chinese state-run media, they're now laughing at us. They're saying the U.S. is overreacting. Uh, but maybe we are, maybe we're not. But look, if there's something we don't know and it's flying in our sky, I'm all about shooting it down. Does that make me the bad guy here? If it's not something no. with a flight path, if it's not an airplane that has some sort of emergency and you don't know what it is, I'm here for shooting it out of the sky. Uh, it's unprecedented, too. I believe the first time on record, cla unclassified anyway, that the military has shot down an unidentified, quote, object over the continental United States. And it's happened basically three times now. So we got two different areas of discussion here. Four. Number one, why is this happening so much? And number two, what the hell is it? Now, we have these questions because nobody's being transparent here. This is Arizona Representative Andy Biggs talking about the lack of information we're getting from the Biden administration. What so often happens is they just they give you information that you could read in any newspaper or uh, on any online news aggregator. So they don't tell us the full story. They don't tell us the truth. And that's why you see things, uh, you know, and I, I really believe this. They're spying on our own people. They're spying on members of Congress. Uh, they're spying on local political parties we're finding out today. And, and so you throw this this in there and you say, our government just doesn't tell us the truth. And they don't understand that the legislature, the Congress, is supposed to be their overseers. And this is supposed to be a civilian government. Uh, that military answers to and not the civilian govern government answering to the military. Just give us a little information. We're not t asking the Biden administration to tell us exactly what's going on. I get some stuff's classified, but if it's a balloon, tell us it's a balloon. Because now we got people running around here saying E.T.'s coming down here to kick our ass. Where's Biden? Where is Biden? I mean, He's on vacation. Think, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, the United States military shoots down basically what amounts to four foreign objects 
over the continental United States and in Canada over the, over the past eight days, and Biden's nowhere to be found. You think you would want to address the nation? Maybe some people might have some concerns. I know Donald Trump played a lot of golf. I know Barack Obama played a lot of golf. Yes. But 40% of Joe Biden's presidency feels like it's been on vacation. That's the number that I saw making its well, way around social media. And a, if it's on the interwebs, it has to be true. It's a working vacation. Oh, okay. Even Democrat representatives, Jim Himes, he's a ranking member of the House Intel Committee Committee for the Democrats, is like, hey, we're going to need some information here. By the way, I, I, I have real concerns about why the uh, administration is not being more forthcoming with everything that it knows. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> I think a lot of people You're are concerned. You're going for a problem. <laughs> if you want the rumors to stop, if you want the alien conspiracy theorists to stop, just say, we shot down something. It looked to be like a balloon. It was made a little bit of metal. Give us a little bit of information, just a little bit, and that will help squash that the aliens are coming down yeah. to do whatever they want with us. See, <laughs> I mean, look, you, they, like I said earlier, they're awfully easy to shoot down these things. It seems like it's been just like just like that. And you go back to 2004 when the footage leaked out of um, those little Tic Tacs. The, those UFOs, the footage from either Navy pilots or Air Force pilots, those things were moving in ways that they did not understand. They could not keep up with it. They could not track it. These is just kind of like, yeah, they, they were. They had to make the decision to shoot one down either with a missile or a gun. So it, it, it just tells me, it does, does that sound like alien technology to you? No, no. But then again, like maybe so the aliens easy. aren't sending their best to defeat That's this planet. Great. Imagine if an alien came here and said, take me to your leader, and then we brought him to go meet Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, all right, this isn't even worth our time anymore. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. I love all the tweets we were getting as the game was winding down last night. Is Nigel sleeping on your couch tonight, Hammer? <laughs> I made a $400 bet and uh, didn't tell my wife until like a day before the game. And you know what? Okay, so the Chiefs win the Super Bowl 38-35. to I took uh, the Eagles uh, money line. Comes down to a last-second field goal. And yeah, my my wife and my daughter were actually behind me. They were rooting. We gave, they gave us something to root for. But after they lost, they looked at me like I was such a failure. <laughs> like the look of disappointment on my nine year old daughter's face. Dad, you're not a very good better, are you? <laughs> so same from my wife. And I was just dejected. So no, I everything's fine because I had fifteen dollars left in my account, and I uh, I'm gonna make it all back on the Hoosiers winning the uh, March Madness. Oh, the, the whole thing. <laughs> the whole, yeah, the tournament. Banner number uh, yep, six. Uh, yep. I, I picked, picked. <laughs> so that'll that'll make my that that was worth about four hundred dollars. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna make it back by the Hoosiers now winning the uh, NCAA tournament. You know, if you just would have watched all Indiana bets. I know, I did watch it. I was watching. I gave you the pick. I gave you the over. I gave you the Chiefs. It was a lucrative mm. night in the Hammer House um, last night. It good was for good, you. man. Oh, good for you. <laughs> um, the Chiefs win 38-35. Great game. Yeah. I, I mentioned that like when I was watching the game with my family halfway through the fourth quarter. It's like, you know what? At least we have a yeah. good game here. It's not like some blowout or that boring snooze fest a couple of years ago where it was the Rams and Patriots and it was just field goals. You know, this was a fun game back and forth. Eagles definitely got jobbed there at the end with that holding call. 
I would have liked to see Jalen Hurts, you know, with two minutes left, go back and, and give us a, re- a really good ending. I've got some audio about that coming up here in just a moment right. that I think you're going to like. But okay. uh, if you missed the game, uh, here are some of the things people are talking about today. By now, you've probably heard all about it. But Rihanna's halftime show. Now, Allison, you mentioned during the commercial break that you don't really care too much about the game, but you went out of the way to watch the halftime show. Yeah, I always like the halftime show. I think it's fun. That and the commercials. I'm all for it. Here's a little bit of uh, Rihanna during the halftime show yesterday. And what was cool is she was on this stage. Like a floating... Uh, right. Platform. Platform. Yeah. And that was legit. It wasn't some sort of CGI. She was really up there. And pregnant. <laughs> that yeah. was the big debate during the game was like either Rihanna hit the buffet before she went out there or she's pregnant. It's a lot of, uh, as my neighbor Marcus put it, a lot of grabbing and thrusting. That's Rihanna. A lot, of, a lot of crotch stuff, a lot of humping, a lot of gyration. Did you expect her to be in a nun costume? That's who Rihanna is. At one point, I was sitting there watching it with my daughter, and like th- that behind shot of her when she grabbed her butt cheek and kind of spread it open a little bit and then kind right. of waved it like she was waving off a fart. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little. That's sh- how Tony Katz says hello in the hallways, <laughs> actually. It's kind of bizarre. <laughs> But Rihanna, normally, she's scantily clad, she's sexy, seductive, and I wonder how tight those butt cheeks were from Roger Goodell when she opened up with the song, Witch Better Have My Money, but it wasn't the word witch. So remember what Janet Jackson did a number of years ago that basically ruined the broadcast industry. It's funny how Rihanna said she was boycotting the Super Bowl back when Colin Kaepernick thought he was getting oppressed, and now all of a sudden... We just forgot a little bit about that boycott, didn't we? Yeah, screw yeah. it. I'll do the show. <laughs> uh, so you had Rihanna doing halftime. Did you Indies, like it? I thought it was pretty good. Okay. I thought it was all right. I mean, yeah. she played the hits. I don't care about Rihanna, really. But yeah, for what it was, it was it, it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. Was it the greatest? Was it's it the worst? It's not for me. That's the thing. The, the, yeah. These halftime shows aren't for guys like me. I, I mean, I'm going to be watching anyway. They want people that wouldn't normally watch. Right. And Indy I, I, was represented. We had Babyface oh, yeah, doing yeah, yeah. Uh, America the Beautiful. That's North Central High School right there. I thought it was solid. He had the guitar out with him and kind of turned it into like a bluesy R&B type song. I just think, you know, before the Super Bowl starts, it's like it's turned into an entire separate concert. You have the national anthem. You have the the, the America the Beautiful. You have the African-American anthem. Am I supposed to stand? Am I going to get called a racist if I don't stand for the American uh, black anthem? Am I going to get called anti-American if I don't stand for the Star Spangled Banner? Am I supposed to stand or, you know, am I supposed to stand for the, the America the Beautiful? Lots of rules, lots of things to navigate throughout that. Uh, I mean, I think there was another performance beforehand, too. Well, Chris Stapleton doing that national anthem. Yeah, he was awesome. I thought this was really solid. Listen to that voice, man. And the whole of 
Yeah, should have been the halftime show. Let's plan on that for next year. So <laughs> this was kind of funny, I thought, at the end of the game. And you could tell the folks who don't follow football to the folks that do because Terry Bradshaw and Andy Reid, the Chiefs coach, they're friends, they're buddies. They give each other a hard time a lot. This is when <laughs> Terry Bradshaw was trying to get Andy Reid of the Chiefs to come over and speak with him on television. And now he's being accused of fat shaming. <laughs> big guy. Let me get the big guy in here. Come on, waddle over here. <laughs> Have a cheeseburger on us and enjoy their Hawaiian shirts. I will. I will. That's Congratulations, why I'm touching. Thank you. Oh, I, 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 to me, I, I thought it was a little cringy just from a professional point of view. But, you know, they're buddies. And there's no, there is an outrage mob out there right now. Right. But you know, from a professional point of view, I was like, well, all right. But, I, you know, that, you're busting a guy's balls about his weight after he just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> I thought, I thought, all right. The thing is, Andy Reid has said that before. Remember, this was the last time the Chiefs had won the Super Bowl. I'll go get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. (laughs) Uh, Prime, the biggest one. And uh, might be a double. (laughs) So it's not like it came out of left field. So it's two guys that are buddies. And if you were watching the game in Philadelphia, NBC Sports host Michael Barkin on that controversial penalty that you brought up earlier Defensive tonight. holding. This was live on television. And then to get to a third and eight on the 15-yard line and an incomplete pass and call Shepard's team with a call. I mean, utter complete is unbelievable. It's inexcusable. You don't make a call right then and there. You don't let the game be decided by the officiating. And yes, it's true. The officials go both ways. And you got you got to rise above it. I understand. This is the freaking Super Bowl. You got not one, but two <laughs> BSs out of them right there. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day. With the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. Hammer and Nigel Show. 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Also joining us live in studio. The gun guy, Guy Relford, host of the Gun Guy Show. Licensed firearms instructor. Second Amendment attorney. Guy, how are you? Always... I'm great, and thanks as always to our sponsor, Fort Liberty Firearms in Avon, 8401 East Highway 36. Great place to buy firearms, ammunition, or accessories. Check out my buddies at the fort at fortlibertyfirearms.com. So the city of Indianapolis settling a lawsuit, a civil suit, yeah. with the family of Dre Sean Reed. This is three years after all this happened. Uh, it's looking like it was like, what, $390,000, Hammer? Is that how yeah. much it was? Um, just initial thoughts on on the settlement and and where where you think maybe the city has gone wrong here in settling yeah. this case? Yeah, you know, I mean, I I represented Dejur Mercer, Officer Mercer, in a, in a different context. I didn't have anything to do with this lawsuit, and but I got very deep into the details of that shooting, and uh, and I can tell you with one hundred percent certainty, as I think everybody in Indianapolis knows, Dejur Mercer is a hero. Now, for and those who don't know, DeJure Mercer is the officer the that officer. shot Dreshawn Reed. Yes, thank you for that clarification, Hammer. That's exactly right. Um, but uh, but he's a hero. 
and he defended his life. And the, the Indiana State Police, after a very thorough investigation, uh, proved that. They had video, for crying out loud, of the shooting. That's why there, there was never, I don't think, any serious consideration of criminal charges against Officer Mercer, because he did exactly what he needed to do to protect the citizens of Indianapolis and his own life. And uh, he did his job, and he's a hero, and he was awarded uh, as a hero uh, by IMPD. And then uh, there's a civil suit, and, and the family of, and forgive me, but the family of the dead criminal uh, are now going to get almost $400,000, and that, that's upsetting to me. And this is such a slap in the face to law enforcement, who already in Marion County with the IMPD have low morale because of who the mayor is and who the prosecutor is, and the fact they keep letting criminals out in this revolving door of the justice system, they had one of their own shot at. And we know this because there was a fantastic press conference put on by law enforcement that broke down frame by frame what happened, the shell casings, matching the gun, and everything. These officers were shot at by Dreshawn Reed, and now the mother of somebody that tried to murder a cop is going to get almost $400,000. Yeah, and i got to tell you, I'm the author uh, of the new self-defense immunity bill that we have in Indiana that's specifically addressed, specifically designed to address this situation, which is that if you're a criminal and, and, and you're attacking a victim and the victim defends themselves, that that, that victim and, and their employer, by the way, who uses force against you is immune from civil liability. And that's why we wrote the statute, was to cover this exact situation. It applies to private citizens, and it certainly applies to police officers and their employer, which would be the city of Indianapolis. And, and, and apparently there was a legal fight, because this case was in federal court, and there was a legal fight over whether that statute applied to a, a case in federal court or not. And the, without boring people with too much in the weeds on the legal details, you know, the substantive law of the state in which you're located applies to a, a, a case in civil court. I would think that would certainly apply here. So we specifically wrote it. So, so bad guys or the family of deceased bad guys can't turn around and sue their victims, or in this case, their victim and their employers, in order to recover money from that. That's why we wrote it. That's why the General Assembly passed it. It's been successful across the board in state courts in Indiana. And I, I for the life of me, as an attorney who does this for a living, I can't figure out why that didn't provide a basis to get this case dismissed. Only in Marion County can a law-abiding citizen be forced to pay more money in property taxes, but yet the mother of somebody who tried to murder a cop gets a $400,000 payday. Yeah, I, I honestly don't get it. And look, I wasn't part of that case. Um, I don't know uh, anything about the negotiations. And, you know, there were lawyers involved. I'm sure they were good lawyers. And, and I shouldn't be second-guessing what they're doing, not being directly involved. But none of this makes sense to me. And frankly, it's upsetting to me. Well, what, what would have happened? Take me down the road of what would have happened if they didn't settle the city didn't settle what would that have looked like you have a trial you go to trial and at at the end of the day you settle because you don't want to go to trial or because you get such a good deal that it makes no sense to go to trial so and, and 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 the evaluation that any trial lawyer goes through in a civil case in terms of what potential liability there can be you say okay you go to your client you say here's the total downside if we would lose this trial however here's the likelihood that we would lose 
and you do a little math. There's a, it's a million dollar case, but there's a five percent chance that we're that we're that we're going to lose. Okay, that gives you a settlement value. Then, if you if you're self-insured, there's not an insurance company involved. You add in defense costs as potential another factor that makes you want to settle. At the end of the day, you can say, look, this is a good evaluation of our risk. This makes more sense than bearing the risk of going to trial and losing. That's what a settlement decision is always based on. So I'm going to read you a statement from the IMPD. And again, I've got people t- uh, sending us tweets. Who's responsible for this payout? Who made the call? I believe it was a city attorney. The city attorney for the city of Indianapolis made the call. But this is the statement from the IMPD. Quote, the decision to settle was not a decision made lightly. However, there are risks in taking a case to jury trial, particularly one that involves a death. It is incumbent upon the city to be good stewards of public funds and limit risks to taxpayers. Yeah, see, that's the exact uh, analysis I was just going through. What are your risks of going to trial? What's the total downside? What's the likelihood of that downside occurring? And then do you also save some defense costs? The city, I'm sure, has liability insurance, too. So there may be an insurance company uh, whispering in people's ear in terms of um, their potential exposure under a liability policy. But it just feels like such a slap in the face to law enforcement. I think a lot of people, again, people that I've spoken with since Friday when this news broke said, I would rather have my tax dollars go for this trial than to reward somebody for being the mother of somebody who tried to murder an officer. Because now, what's the motivation for somebody that's down to their last straw here? I'm going to get in a shootout with the cop. Right. I'm either yeah. going to get shot and killed and go out in a blaze of glory, and maybe my family gets paid, or I kill the cop and get away with it. You have laid the groundwork here for these lunatics to try to do this more and more, I believe. And keep in mind the context we're talking about here, Jason, because I, I agree 100% with everything you just said. The context here is a guy that's in a high-speed chase in Indianapolis, including the assistant chief, by the way, who's Facebook-living the, the, the high-speed chase, where in that video of his Facebook Live, you can see the gun that he had in his possession. And it was a customized one that you can't It was mistake. very distinctive. It had a gold slide, as I like recall. Like a big orange slide, I believe. Yeah, it was, yeah and it, but it had an extended magazine, so it was a very distinctive gun. You can see the gun. Before he pulls over, he goes, you know, basically, I'm going to start shooting now, is what I recall, uh, and I'm not going to jail today, and then gets out of his car, there's video, there's a brief chase, their officers try to use a a taser on him that that is ineffective, the guy starts shooting, the bad guy starts shooting, Officer Mercer returns fire as a hero, saves his own life, saves other officers' life, and who knows uh, how many other lives in the process, and then now the city's paying that family of that guy who did all of that, almost $400,000. That's repugnant to me. And it's the same Drayshon Reed who, in another video on his social media feed, was driving through a neighborhood just firing his weapon at random outside. Who had an open warrant, I believe, too. That's going back a few months. That's my recollection. Uh, So, yeah, none of this feels good. You know, it's it's always a mathematical calculation and an evaluation of risk that any anybody any party in a civil lawsuit goes through but i cannot believe the city's evaluation was there was a significant likelihood of losing this case if they took it to trial to me either have the cojones to take a case to trial to have the courage of your convictions to give it to that jury make your arguments to that jury about why there should be no liability or you turn around and you bail out and you pay a settlement i think that 
is exactly the latter is exactly what happened here. It's funny. Now, all of a sudden, the city is concerned about my tax dollars. (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, they're going to be the voices of reason to make sure that I save money. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Well, I'll throw one more thing in, because you know what? I I didn't just represent DeJure Mercer. I also became his friend, um, and and I've been, I think, a bit of a confidant to him. And i got to tell you the thing, and I've not talked to him about this issue, um, but the thing that pains me is is the idea that that this is some implication that the city thinks he did something wrong because if yeah. anybody is going to take that message away that's a travesty because he's a hero and he did nothing wrong he defended himself and his city and the city should have stood behind him in that context in my mind I will say that the IMPD also released a statement on Officer Mercer uh, saying that reaching a settlement does not imply an admission of liability. This is from Chief Randall Taylor. And he says he also believes Officer DeJure Mercer was lawfully defending himself during the fatal encounter. Sure. I mean, we all know that. The video proved that. Indiana State Police, as you said, Jason, had an awesome press conference where they laid out the evidence because they knew there was going to be you know, a blank storm after they came out and said no criminal charges, so they laid out why that was. And we can all say no admission of liability, and and that's true. I'm sure the settlement documents say exactly that. But $400,000 is still $400,000, and people are going to draw conclusions from that. That part of it is what's heartbreaking to me. Uh, Todd Rakita, State of Indiana have joined this lawsuit against the ATF guy. Uh, let's back up just a little bit. What is this lawsuit? Yeah, and you, you guys and I have talked about pistol braces, but what happened is the ATF just reversed 10 years of policy, did a complete 180, came out and said, if you put one of these pistol braces, which is designed uh, to basically shoot a pistol one-handed, if you put one of those uh, on your pistol, you've now converted it to a quote-unquote short-barreled rifle that has to be registered under the National Firearms Act, just like a machine gun um, or, or a sawed-off shotgun, quote-unquote. Um, and, and, and in doing that, they completely reversed uh, prior rulings, prior determinations that they'd made, and they're trying to make up to, Gun Owners of America says, 40 million Americans make them felons overnight. If, if they don't Jeez. run in and register these firearms. Because really, most of these people, Guy, just wanted to have a steady shot. And now, right. now 40 million people are, are going to be viewed as Al Capone by the government. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and literally, because that's where the NFA came from. It was from, uh, you know, it's called the National Firearms Act of 1934. It was motivated by gangster activities. Um, and and, and it's, it, it's a 180 by, by ATF. Uh, that upset a lot of people, I think. And, and, and the other thing is, it was done by an executive agency as opposed to Congress changing the law. And that's the big issue. Secondly, there's a there's an Adults with Disabilities Act issue because the, the braces were designed to allow um, people missing limbs, hmm. disabled veterans included, to be able to shoot larger guns one-handed. Um, which, which are still pistols, but allows you to shoot them one-handed. ATF came out and said, no, we don't think so. So there, there's been litigation across the country, and I was very pleased to see Todd Rukita, who has been very strong on Second Amendment. In fact, uh, he's going to be on my show this weekend. Um, and uh, to come out and say, no, Indiana, uh, through its attorney general, wants to join the, the litigation against ATF to say, you know what, as an, as an administrative agency and part of the executive branch, you just can't come out and legislate and make millions of Americans criminals. If anybody has any questions or they want to continue this conversation, how do they find you? RelfordLaw.com. Best way to get a hold of me, RelfordLaw.com. Guy, you the best. Thank you. Thanks, guys. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show. 
Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock! Weekend crime numbers. Not so good. My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer over there. I don't like starting segments off like this. Because we had a good weekend. Super Bowl was fun. Family had it was beautiful out yesterday and today. But it seems like we're the only ones talking about the ongoing crime situation in this city. I think it's it's up to us to inform people what's going on in their city. I mean, I have look. I want Indianapolis to do well, especially downtown. I have family that lives downtown, right in the heart of of downtown. And I I don't like going over these any more than you do, Hammer, but the, the the violence index shows at least six people shot, five stabbed, two killed Friday through Sunday. So there were almost as many people stabbed as shot this weekend. So stop with the it's gun violence, because I know Boss Hogg said he's all about the gun violence. It's not violence, it's gun violence. Well, maybe it is just violence. Six shot, five stabbed, two killed, which means that a person was shot or stabbed every seven hours this past weekend with two people killed. And there was another double stabbing that was reported this morning. So we started the week Jeez. off with another double stabbing. And I'm like you, Nige. I I want Indy to be the Indy that we kind of grew up with. It was great earlier today. I walked around before the show started. Walked around Monument Circle. It was a nice day. Temperature was in the 50s. I saw a bunch of kids, and I think they were on a field trip or something. I saw that. Running up and down the stairs of the Soldiers and Sailor Monument. I thought that was awesome. Now, that's the indie that I want. That's the indie that I love. But, man, when that sun goes down and everybody comes downtown, chaos happens. And I hate that. And you can blame bars. You can blame guns. But the fact of the matter is... It's a lot of mugshot on mugshot violence and people that should not be out of jail committing these crimes. We can keep talking about it, and apparently it does no good because people keep voting the same people into right. office. There's an election later this year. So, I mean, stop with the straight ticket party voting. I mean, our I, I'm not endorsing our friend Abdul Hakim Shabazz, but he's got a plan for crime in the city uh, in terms of uh, you know running for mayor. It's tough. But, I mean, the prosecutor's uh, race yeah, this 60, past 40, election. 60-40, and Sidney Carrasco was a quality candidate with a lot of backing and support and money behind her. But that's also 60-40, the breakdown of Democrats to Republicans in Marion County. And straight ticket vote, that's what it is. But I am curious about this upcoming November's election, because this is kind of an off-year election. It's not a midterm. It's not a presidential. It's just kind of it by itself, right? So let's see what happens. I'm wondering if voter turnout is going to be good, if it's going to be bad. If you're somebody that's a Republican in Marion County, Maybe this is going to be a blessing for you that it falls on the calendar the way that it does, because it feels like Ryan Mears kind of got picked up by all of the people who elect Andre Carson to go back to the office every single year. Now, say what you want about Andre Carson, and I know a lot of you will. He's wildly popular in his district, and people go out and vote for him, straight ticket voting. And it feels like Ryan Mears may have been a recipient of a lot of help. Nobody's going to help Boss Hogsett this time around. We'll see if that makes a difference or not. Uh, They just wrapped up a uh, press conference 
featuring some of the Pentagon officials, and they've stated that uh, <laughs> the objects that were shot down over the weekend uh, from Alaska to Canada and Lake Huron, Nige, no debris. They have not collected any debris yet. Which, again, it feels like we're being lied to here because the first one, Alaska, when that was shot down, that unidentified flying object, they told us it landed on the frozen ice where the lake water was or the ocean water was, the frozen tundra. Well, if it's on that, why haven't you collected any debris yet? And by the way, I just thought that the ocean, I thought that area was being severely affected by climate change. That's a good Why, point, too. How in the world uh, did the oceans ice over when there's climate change is so bad? Global warming. Hmm. There's a lot going on here, and we're not getting any sort of information. Now, even though Biden has not publicly addressed any of these things because he's been on vacation or he's been coloring or whatever the hell he, is, he does— <laughs> John Kirby, the uh, the butt sniffer for Joe Biden's administration, he held a press conference and said the president's being as transparent as he can be. Because it's so unprecedented, um, should the public be hearing from the president directly on this? Well, I have, we have been, uh, uh, I think, as transparent as we can be. I, I won't ah! speak for the president's uh, uh, personal uh, speaking schedule, but I mean, he has been <laughs> deeply engaged in uh, every one of these decisions. He's been kept informed, including as of this morning, on uh, what's going on with recovery efforts. Um, and uh, and uh, he's very much staying on top of the issue and, uh, and directing his team to make sure we are properly consulting and briefing not just members of Congress, but state leaders as well. And of course, you know, we're also doing what we can in the, in the public sphere. I mean, when you're talking about a transparent president, which that was one of the things he ran on, and that's one of the biggest criticisms the press corps has given Joe Biden, and that's why they've, you've seen at least the, the the press corps following the president, you know, asking tough questions. Um, he hasn't been transparent at all. you got f basically four foreign objects shot down over the continental United States by the military in the span of eight days? Unprecedented? That's never happened, but one time has it happened before, that we know about. Anyway, right. and where is the president? Why isn't he making a, a, a speech or addressing the nation on this? There's probably some people out there right now that are extremely confused and even terrified, which I don't know that there's all that big of, re I, you know, that's not me, but I would imagine there are a, a decent amount of people who see, you know, F-16s F shooting down unidentified objects. Whether it's a balloon or a drone or yeah, whatever or we it don't is. know what it is, yeah. That's a little information would go a long way here. Just a little information. But Joe Biden looks so weak right now, not addressing this. And weak leadership creates aggressive adversaries. And that's what you're seeing right now with China or Russia or whoever it is. Now, Joe Biden did not do an interview before the Super Bowl yesterday, normally a tradition. He did not do that with Fox. But Shannon Bream, she had a chance to speak to Arizona's governor, Katie Hobbs. The game was in Arizona, so Shannon Bream called out Arizona's governor, Katie Hobbs, for opposing school choice for others, even though she 
attended a private school oh, herself. Okay. A reference there to the private Catholic high school that you went to. So yeah. why shouldn't all students <laughs> have a chance at what you it. said was so important in your own life? Look, I grew up in a working class family. This was well before any of this um, of public assistance for private school existed. And my parents made that choice. I begged them to send me to public school. Um, and we sacrificed a lot. There were times in my family that we were on food stamps. Um, and so it wasn't, it was a choice that they made. Um, and they struggled to, to make that choice. Um, huh? what I want is for every public, every student in the state of Arizona, no matter where they live to have access to high quality public education. And with this, uh, universal voucher system, um, that's not happening. But if their system is failing, if their public school is failing, no to giving them a chance to go somewhere else like you did. The, the schools are failing because we are failing to invest in them. Um, they're being starved of resources. Uh, well, yes, Shannon. Actually, that's exactly what I'm saying. This interview's over because you're making me look bad. It's exactly how it played out. Hammer and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play Is This Anything? I'll run some stories by you. You break down all of the information and give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Is this anything? Some guy broke up with his girlfriend while they were on a plane <laughs> and she completely lost it. Someone in the uh, comments noticed a ground crew member wearing a safety vest, which means the plane's still on the ground. Okay. Here's a follow-up clip of a flight attendant saying they have her two bags as the heartbroken girl begs, please don't leave me. That guy probably dodged a small bullet there by breaking up with her. <laughs> yeah, right decision was made. If your reaction to some bad news, like, yeah, I, I'm going to break up with you, I'm leaving you, uh, and that's, can you play the beginning of that, Allison? I mean, and that's your reaction? Yeah, I, I think there's something bigger. <laughs> like she saw it's like she saw like a, a ticking time bomb underneath her seat or something like a or, or a big boa constrictor out of the 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 baggage uh, up above her you know the, the baggage area i that that was strange i think she probably has more going on mentally than um you know a lot more going on than just her boyfriend breaking up with her are you putting her on the no-fly list mm, they weren't in the air they were on the ground doesn't they, matter. They you're, got her off the plane. You're I, on the plane. No. You're acting like a lunatic. I say put her on the list. <laughs> if you're going to scream and act like a big pain in the ass, we're going to treat you like a big I pain I can, in but, the but ass. I guess what I'm saying by her reaction, I could probably understand why he broke up with her. He was like probably had it up to here with her. I I have no idea the context of that, but that is um, that's crazy. That was nuts. 
Is this anything? A squirrel flew into somebody's house during a pizza delivery. Yes. Here's the chaos that followed. Hey, how you doing today? Squirrel! Squirrel! <laughs> Thank you. Squirrel got in, I guess. Oh my god! Stop yelling! Thank you. That was awesome. A guy opens the door to deliver a pizza and a squirrel sneaks in. Right. Squirrel! But I, what did we talk about on this show a couple of weeks ago? My favorite clips are, are humans the sound of humans chasing off wild animals. Oh, really? Because you're in luck, Nige. Oh. Because it's time to play oh my. Great Moments in Humans Chasing Off Wild <laughs> Animals History. This is a guy, a Florida man, who saved his dog from the jaws of a gator by jumping in the swamp, full Happy Gilmore style, wrestling the gator to get his dog back. The homeowner let the dog out. The dog jumped in the canal. Homer heard a commotion and ran out, saw the alligator had the dog. He jumped in the canal, pried the alligator's mouth open, got the dog. He got injured either prying the mouth open or scratch up during the event, but he did receive minor injuries. When I saw the gator on Sunday. I had a friend come over Monday and build this fence because I have two dogs and it was scary. It was very scary. And if you remember the oh, video, wow. Straight up Florida man had a stogie in his mouth. Was that the video? Okay, because yeah. I didn't actually hear. I, I would have liked to hear heard him, you know, wrestling that thing. But, but uh, he, yeah, he didn't care. That's that's Florida man right there. And they say and he saved the dog. Yes, and a stogie still was in his mouth when he came back up from the water. But what I'm saying is, I love the sound of humans chasing wild animals away. It's always inevitably. No, no, no. Hey, 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 hey. No, get, get, go on, get. How about the hikers that tried to frighten away the mountain lion that was stalking about. them? Get back, mountain lion. Get back. Hey, good. Chill. Just chill. No. Hey, get back. Back away slowly. Here, don't wait. Hold on. Hold on. Don't go fast. <laughs> don't turn your back either. It's staring at us. Go away, mountain lion. We're still here. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he's calling. Go away, mountain lion. Get. Go away, mountain lion. I like how he's calling it a mountain lion. Great moments in humans chasing off wild animals history. This was when a bear got on some guy's house on the roof in California. Hey, bear. Hey, bear. Get. 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 Get, bear. Get out. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Great moments in humans chasing off wild animals history. I, this should be a segment every week. I think <laughs> I can listen to. Go on, bear. There's a ma- mountain lion. Get mountain lion. <laughs> Calling it by its full name, yeah, mountain lion. Oh wow! Is this anything? Good stuff. There's a new term for being thrown around called boyfriend air, and it's making ladies feel gross around their men. Boyfriend air. Girlfriends and wives are taken to social media to complain that their hair, skin, and overall hygiene <laughs> becomes ruined after spending only a few hours in their guy's house. I can see Here this. is the video going viral. I spent a lot of time this past summer at my boyfriend's apartment in New York, and I remember taking a full body shower and the next morning waking up and being like, I feel so dirty. My hair was getting greasy like crazy. My skin was looking different like everything my makeup wasn't staying on right i was like what is going on a few months ago i started seeing all these tiktoks about boyfriend air 
totally get it and can see why now. Like, it just makes sense. And I know it's a thing because it was only in his apartment that I would feel this way. When he'd come to me, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, in my 20s, in my first house, I lived with two other dudes. And, you know, various chicks would come over, uh, including my wife, my who would eventually be my wife. And that place stank. Three dudes living there, hardly ever vacuumed or clean. There was no candles. Just a, just a pungent atmosphere. Partied all the time. Uh, pizza boxes laying everywhere. We didn't care. Uh, you know, by the time I sold that house, I had to have somebody come in and professionally clean the what was the guest bathroom because my two roommates like it was nothing but black. Oh, like like a black had it bit dirt and grime had embedded itself yeah. into the bathtub. And my real estate agent was like, "You can't. I, I'm not going to be able to sell this house unless you." <laughs> unless I get, you get it, dude. Clean. So yeah, we stank. I lived with six dudes in one house. It was an Ooh. animal house. You would wake up in the morning just to go to the bathroom, and the floor was sticky. <laughs> and you don't know yep. why. You just oh. didn't want to think about it. The floor was sticky. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. Yeah, this story didn't really get a lot of attention when it first happened. I think it happened uh, February about 10 days ago, February 3rd in Ohio. Uh, there was a train derailment, East Palestine, Ohio. And the, and these it, it, the train was basically carrying a bunch of uh, hazardous materials in these tanker uh, things. And uh, it was a huge derailment. No one was injured. But... Uh, you know, fast forward three days later after the accident, they decided to release and burn vinyl chloride inside five of these tanker cars, which sent a bunch of hydrogen chloride and toxic gas into the air. And now there's there's lawsuits. People are complaining of headaches. There's been reports of dead cattle and animals within this area. People had to if people did have to evacuate in the beginning of this. They said the authorities eventually said they were OK to come back home. But now there's a federal uh, lawsuit after this derailment. There are dead fish popping up in the rivers now. So it's gotten into the water systems as well. And this is a mess. This is a major, like, Chernobyl-type ecological disaster here. Maybe not quite on the well, level of Chernobyl, yeah, but it's pretty bad. be careful with that comparison. But who knows? Where, and where no, are the no, I'm good with that, because I think this is ridiculous but, what's but, happening And here. by the way, where are the environmentalists? Where are the climate cultists? Where are the, you know, where is everybody on this thing? No, doesn't seem to be any protests around this this little thing. Have we but heard the, from the travel secretary? Have, <laughs> has Pete Buttigieg made a statement yet? Yeah. Uh, is he still on paternity leave? I don't no, know. No, no, no. He's uh, he's back. He's finally back on the job now. But he did do a speech this morning. It was some conference, and he did not mention what was happening in Ohio. But he did mention that there are too many whiteies working construction. To work with your contractors, <laughs> uh, to work with your community colleges on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good-paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. Too many whites in the construction industry, huh? Nothing about Ohio, 
but too many whites <laughs> yeah. in the construction. And just a side note, I mean, the train thing is really messed up. And you see the pictures of this thing and that chemical release, um, and that quote-unquote controlled chemical release. I mean, it looks like a, a bomb went off. Right. Um, but but back to the Buttigieg thing for just a second. I mean, like, if you're a construction company and you're hiring laborers and nine out of ten of them are, are white, what like what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to not hire them? And if you're somebody well, like, waiting what, for a project to get done, yeah. what's the foreman going to come up and say, well, your house <laughs> is going to be a little bit longer. See, all these guys over here, they're white. <laughs> we don't have enough minorities right. uh, putting up the sheetrock. So you're going to have to go stay in that Motel 6 over there oh, for a little boy. while longer oh. because there's way too many whiteies over here that are wanting to work. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg is embarrassing. Like, who's worse at their job, Corrine Jean-Pierre or Pete Buttigieg? Well, at least at least Pete Buttigieg could speak in a clear, concise manner. But look at all these things that have happened uh, under his watch, though. Like, oh, you're the travel secretary. From the airline industry to supply <laughs> chain crisis to this train derailment sparking a federal lawsuit... That, that, that releasing toxic chemicals into the air after this train derailment with all the hazardous chemicals, uh, it's it's an unmitigated disaster. Whenever there's a and toxic release and a cover-up, somebody needs to be held accountable. And in this case, you would expect your travel secretary, the transportation guy, to say, hey, this was a mess. It was a mistake that these things exploded, and fish are dying, cattle are dying. It sounds like people are throwing up, getting headaches. Somebody has to be held accountable here. He's mm. not doing that. He's talking about Whitey. And just where's Greta Thunberg in all this? She should have hopped on a sailboat to uh, cross the Atlantic and, and walked to East Palestine, because I know she wouldn't want to leave a carbon footprint. Oh, and, no, and, and, no. And protested this. So... A News Nation reporter, a guy by the name of Evan Lambert. I think I've actually done a segment with Evan Lambert when I've been on with News Nation before. This is not a guy that's a hot take machine. This is kind of a straight-laced reporter guy. And he was covering this story at the press conference that the governor of Ohio was doing, Governor DeWine. He was doing his stand-up shot live on News Nation when they told him he had to wrap it up and leave and then they said that he was trespassing. He was a member of the media covering this story, and this all happened live on the air. I am allowed to be here. Do you want to go to jail for criminal trespassing? Do you understand how quickly our lawyers will get me out? I don't we care. Don't sir, sir, can we talk outside, please? I'm trying to talk listen. outside, please. And he escalated with me. I am doing my job. I'm discovered by the First Amendment. I'm the building supervisor here. Please leave. There you have it. Let's go. Let's go. Wow. They start roughing him up here in a moment. And that was all going on while the governor was still, Governor DeWine was still giving an update about the train derailment? Correct. So he was patiently waiting there to ask a question, and then he arrested him? Yeah, so he was in the press pool, right? Governor DeWine's doing his what presser. What is going on? He stepped to the back of the room. So imagine you're in a gym, right? And the governor's at 
one basketball goal doing a presser, he walked back to the doors where he was doing his stand-up shot live on News Nation covering the Ohio governor, and they kicked him out. Wow! They roughed him up and said that he was trespassing. Here's a statement from Governor DeWine about that arrest. It has always been my practice that if I'm doing a press conference, if someone wants to report out there and they want to be talking to the people back on channel, whatever, they have every right to do that. Um, so, you know, that should not, if that someone was stopped from doing that or told they could not do that, that was wrong. Uh, and it was nothing that I authorized, uh, and certainly it would be something that I would not want to see happen. This happens, uh, you know, we do this, I do this all the time, and, um, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm certainly very, very sorry oh, uh, that, wow. that that happened. Yeah. I don't know all the facts, but he or she, whoever was arrested, had every right uh, to be reporting and do what they do every single day. Yeah, but you said that after you kicked him out, though. Like well, he it, said he wasn't the one that kicked him out. Right. I mean, he was he was up on the on stage giving him at the podium giving the press conference. But I could easily see him being the one that gave the orders out. Hey, if this guy tries to go live, I don't know. The whole thing stinks. The whole thing reeks of a cover-up here. And that's why I made that Chernobyl comparison earlier. You've got an ecological disaster that people are trying to not report on and cover up. Everything's fine here. Nothing to see. Meanwhile, the area surrounding this place is a hellhole. This is not okay, and the story is not over. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. More on spy balloons, more on unidentified flying objects, more on the Super Bowl, all coming up at 5.30. Hammer, we're going to reunite with the chicks on the right. Two chicks at the same time. (laughs) And they're both joining uh, us at the same time. You were technically correct. So, I didn't um, want any nasty emails. I was being factually <laughs> correct. Uh, in lighter news, check out this video. It's been making the rounds on Reddit. It's during a wedding. This bride whispered something very personal to the groom, and he had to quickly remind her that she was wearing a mic. Uh, let's play it first to see if you can tell what she says to the groom. It's your virginity. <laughs> I have what a mic. <laughs> That's always going to be enshrined in our, yeah, our wedding video. I can take it off. <laughs> I just made a crass joke. I'm sorry. Did, did you, you catch it? Did you? I think I did. Allison, did you catch what she said? Our oh, pro- I caught it, yeah. Uh, play one, just play one more time. Excited to lose your virginity. <laughs> so that's that's during the ceremony, right? Uh, are you excited to lose your virginity tonight? So that's what she says. She says it really quick in a whisper. Allison, just one more time, if you wouldn't mind. Excited to lose your virginity. Okay, so that's going to be on your wedding video for the rest of your lives now. I'm fine with that. She's having fun. Yeah, it's their wedding. They obviously saved themselves for each other. They waited till marriage. Or she's just making a joke and being a smartass. Oh, well, that's two. a good... I hadn't considered that. She was... Right. Yeah, wink, wink. You know how many chicks I've told, hey, you're going to be my first. <laughs> I got news for you, sister. <laughs> you weren't oh, even in the top 50. <laughs> oh, God. That's awful. <laughs> uh, all right. So now I want your opinion on something. Okay. All right. What's a better bride whispering moment? That bride who just whispers, are you excited to lose your virginity tonight? Or the bride that says she just took a really big dump. You look amazing. I took a really 
You can't, I mean, it's kind of hard to hear, right? With that, with the guy playing the piano in the background. We'll but, play this one but, more time, Allison. I, I, the guy says, "You look really beautiful," or something <laughs> like that. And then she, you know, there's somebody singing in the background. She leans in. I just took a really big dump. <laughs> you look amazing. It's also like a praise song. Like they're t- it's like Jesus, thank you so much. That's hilarious. So which one's a keeper? Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting response when you're up there during the ceremony. There's a guy singing like a Christian Jesus type song in the background, and your groom says, "You look wonderful tonight." She goes, "Yeah, I just took a really big dump." Uh, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Uh, I, I think I. I which is worse? Or which one's a keeper? Which one? Oh, <laughs> which marriage is going to last longer? I think uh, the you excited to lose your virginity tonight probably would last longer. Allison, know. which couple I, I, is going to last I longer here? I'm, I need a female perspective. Um, yeah, I think the virginity one's a little, little more lighthearted. They're you know more in love. I don't know, but the other well, one's pretty. I'm going dump. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course you, are. you are. I'm going dump because even on their wedding day, they're being honest with each other. Yeah. Honesty is what these relationships mm-hmm. are all about. Do you want to get up there and lie and oh yeah, I haven't done anything today, or say yeah, I just took the Browns to the Super Bowl in the back. I can't wait for tonight. <laughs> or just don't comment in general. Well, it. I was gonna say thank you, Allison. I probably would have said my response to the. Group Room saying you look you look beautiful would be thank you this is the this is the greatest moment of my life instead she goes yeah you just dropped a growler in the uh, <laughs> toilet a few minutes ago before I came out here maybe she was trying to make him laugh okay that's like, that's a good yeah we yeah, don't mission accomplished don't, yeah. yeah no kidding because I know myself and Crystal can't be the only ones that try to make each other laugh in weird social situations. Yeah. Right? Like knowing that the other person can't laugh and trying to make them laugh. That's the kind of a-holes that we are. (laughs) If anybody else is that way, let me know. At Hammer and Nigel, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. McDonald's in the UK is pulling one of their billboards because they got complaints about it, Nigel. Oh, no. What happened? So it's promoting their new sandwich called the McCrispy. Okay, crispy chicken sandwich, kind of. The McCrispy. Well... The big billboard was right across the street from the place where they cremate people. (laughs) And people were saying it was in poor taste to have the Uh. McCrispy billboard right across the street from the crematorium. It sounds like they may have been a little sensitive over there in England. I mean, okay, whatever. I think I'd laugh at it, uh, yeah, though. I would, too. I don't think there was any connection. The McDonald's <laughs> released a statement saying, yeah, we didn't even know, know that that was there, the road sign was there. So Right. That probably rotates signs every so often from McDonald's to whatever it is, and it just happened to be McCrispy right across the street from the crematorium. Did you watch uh, all of the game last yeah, night? Yeah, man. So $400, you had that on the line, yeah, and that is gone now. It is gone, but that's all right. I'm going to make up for it because I did have $15 left in my account, and I put it all on IU to win the national championship. <laughs> so, so Okay. Uh, Your so, wife okay with that? At this point, she looked at me like I was a complete and total loser after they lost. Her and my daughter both were so disappointed in me. Dad, you don't know how to bet. <laughs> Dad, what are you doing? This was such a bad loss. Like, we actually had something to root for. Yeah, right. I was going to double my money, basically. Yeah, everybody loves rooting for something until you lose it. And then, 
What I've learned in sports betting is you remember the losses yes. a lot more than the wins. Yes. The losses sting. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. Crime pays in Indianapolis, Hammer. Just let's say you're a criminal on the run and you start shooting at police and the police shoot back and kill you. Your family will get paid. That's least uh, at least that's the precedent being set here in Indianapolis with the uh, lawsuit of Dreshawn Reed. So Dreshawn Reed was the guy that was shot and killed by an IMPD officer after leading them on a high speed dangerous chase, which he was streaming on social media, and then shooting at the officers. The officers returned fire, killing Dreshawn Reed. Now there was a fantastic press conference put together by the IMPD state police and all law enforcement to kind of take you through exactly what happened here. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were on the air. Yeah, we, we were, were watching, watching it live and they went frame by frame. There's video, there's shell casings that trace to his gun. It's the same distinctive gun that Drayshawn Reed had in another video on his social media where he's firing just outside his window at random in a neighborhood. So this is a troubled guy that was trying to kill a police officer. He was killed in return. And now the city of Indianapolis has decided they're going to settle and pay his mother $390,000 in compensation. Crime pays. Crime pays. You shoot at a police officer, they return fire. They kill you, your family gets paid. What kind of messages send to other criminals, that, especially the ones that are unhinged and have, you know, some sort of, you know, something in them that that says, you know, I'll die by cop, you know, because look, right. my family's going to get paid. Right. I'll either take out a police officer or I will die trying and the city will pay me. That's the message family. being sent. And it's such a big middle finger to all of the officers at the IMPD right now, because imagine going to work every day and your boss comes in and tells you, hey, you know that lunatic that tried to kill your friend? You know that lunatic that tried to murder you? We're going to pay his mom $400,000. Oh, by the way, the mayor doesn't respect you. The prosecutor doesn't respect you either. I mean, it's so demoralizing. You have to give a hat tip to the brave men and women who are willing to go out and do this job every single day. And I know people support what they do. The people of this city support what they do. It's a shame that the leadership doesn't. This was a statement from the IMPD. Quote, the decision to settle was not a decision made lightly. However, there are risks in taking a case to jury trial, particularly one that involves a death. It's incumbent upon the city to be good stewards of public funds and limit risk to taxpayers. So now, all of a sudden, now the city of Indianapolis is concerned about our tax money. But not only that, but further and bigger picture, Hammer, what kind of what does this imply about the hero police officer that shot and killed Dreshawn Reed in self-defense, Officer Mercer? What does this? What, what if you just saw this headline and and saw that uh, Dreshawn Reed's family got paid almost four hundred thousand dollars? What would that imply about the officer, the hero officer, and in, in our opinion, that that did? Um, that was protecting himself and the citizens of Indianapolis. Most people's first instinct would be that he did something wrong. Yeah. 
But that's not the case at all. As a matter of fact, there was an internal document that got leaked out where Chief Randall Taylor states that this settlement does not imply an admission of liability for Officer Mercer. Uh, Officer Mercer was, quote, lawfully defending himself during this fatal encounter. But yet the mother of this lunatic is going to get $400,000 because her son tried to murder a cop. People wake up every day and do the right things. People pay their taxes in the city. They pay more property taxes now than they have before. But yet this woman, whose claim to fame is birthing a criminal, is going to get $400,000. It's disgusting and it's gross. And I don't blame IMPD officers one bit for trying to find work in other departments. This is on the city attorneys. This is on the leadership of this city, Boss Hogsett. It goes to the prosecutor who keeps letting lunatics back out that these men and women have to re-arrest every single day. This is a mistake. This is disgusting. Don't try to tell me we're saving you money. No, I'd rather have you take this to court and give that woman a middle finger and stand up for your officers. This is gross. Uh, Allison, Allison has been our producer for over a week now. She's been doing a fantastic job. Allison, I think this is the first time you're going to have to play AOC's theme music. Necessary. So last night, you know, everybody was watching the game. The Chiefs beat the Eagles yesterday. The Eagles! <laughs> Great Super Bowl. And the commercials. We were talking about the commercials during the break here. What was your favorite commercial? Uh, I, I definitely liked the Ben Affleck one, um, the Duncan commercial. Uh, I thought the Rock the rock star commercial with, with Ozzy Osbourne and Billy Idol where where they scold corporate types for calling each other rock stars was funny. The the movie uh, previews I thought were good. We got a new look at the Indiana Jones new one and the Flash looked awesome. And I'm not really I'm not a comic book, you know, DC slash Marvel uh, kind of guy, but the Flash looked awesome with the cameo of uh, the original Batman. I won't give it away if you haven't seen the trailer. And then um, that other that other movie with Adam Driver, 65, looked pretty good. So I don't know if you count the movie trailers in with the commercials um, in the same category, but those were the ones I liked. I liked, um, I liked the T-Mobile commercial with Bradley Cooper and his mom in the outtakes. That was pretty funny. That was funny. Did you see the Jesus commercials? There were yeah, two of them. Yeah, yeah, right. There was a uh, pro-Christian group... Uh, called He Gets Us. I've seen those. Those commercials have been all over the place lately. They spent $20 million on those two advertisements during the Super Bowl. And basically the message is, is that Jesus Christ loves the people that we hate. And it's also okay to be childlike with others. You know, go back to when you were kids and everybody liked everybody. A message of unity, if you will. Well, AOC had a problem with that. AOC puts on Twitter, quote, and I'm going to say this just like I think she says it. <laughs> Something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. <laughs> that's the best AOC impression I can do. I'm Very interesting. That's okay. Very good. I applaud. So I, I'm not sure. It's not clear. Where, where does she see fascism in the pro-Jesus commercials? Nige, Nige, Nige. Stop trying to figure out an AOC tweet. Stop. You're going to hurt yourself. You Imagine know, being that miserable of a heifer, though, where... <laughs> 
you're watching the biggest event in pop culture, and your first message is screw Jesus. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think. I, I think Christianity and spirituality were on full display. You have a lot of athletes these days openly talking about their faith in God. You have these these commercials. Whoever would have thought you would have seen a pro-Christian, pro-Jesus commercial, uh, two of them, during the Super Bowl. And I think it's a good thing. I'm, not, I'm still not clear where she picks up fascism i mean i think hobby lobby is one of the contributors to this uh this pro-christian group and they've had some quote-unquote controversy with the secular crowd whatever i don't, don't care barf so i mean that's the only thing i can pick up on and i'm i'm done trying to trying to understand she doesn't even know what the word fascism means my favorite response to this tweet was and i can't remember who it was somebody told aoc hey jesus does not want to date you <laughs> Because if you remember, AOC says she takes all this criticism because all Republicans want to date her. Somebody said Jesus does not want to date you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Oh, man. Coming up here in uh, just about 10 minutes, the chicks on the right. Wow. Mock and Daisy together with us again. I don't think, I mean, they do their own show now. They stream it daily, but they haven't been on the air on this signal for a couple years now. At least a couple, if not three. So this is going to be fun. We'll reunite with those yeah. ladies. We'll get their thoughts on spy balloons and Biden and the Super Bowl yeah. and everything. But right now, we've got some tickets to give away. Jason Aldean coming to the Ruoff Music Center Saturday, September 16th. And let's go to caller number nine, which was Jay. Jay, welcome to hey, the Jay. Hammer and Nigel show. How are you? How are you doing? Fantastic. Jay, are you a uh, country fan? Do you like Jason Aldean? We do. Absolutely. Good, good. Because we're going to make this game as easy as possible, okay? We're going to play a game called Jason Aldean or Charlie Sheen. <laughs> and this is how it's going to work. I'm going to give you a fact. It will either be a fact about Jason Aldean or actor Charlie Sheen. You get three out of five. We're going to give you these tickets, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. I'm ready. Number one, Jason Aldean or Charlie Sheen owns a honky-tonk on Broadway Street in Nashville. Oh, come on. Jason Aldean. All right, one for one. It's always good to get off on a, yeah. the right foot sure. here. Sure. Two right. more, and you get the tickets. Number two. In 2015, this person revealed they had been HIV positive for four years. Oh, man. Jason Aldean or Charlie Sheen? <laughs> Charlie Sheen. All right, two for two. <laughs> Get this one right, and you got two tickets with your name on it here, Jay. Number three, owns a hunting company called Buck Commander. It's got to be Jason Aldean. There we go. Oh, That's what I'm talking about, baby. two tickets to go see Jason Aldean Ruoff Music Center up in Noblesville. Good job, Jay. Saturday, September 16th. If you didn't get through, tickets available through Ticketmaster Live Nation and we've got tickets to give away all week long. Jay, who are you taking to the show with you? So, I'm listening to all the marriage stuff and I would definitely keep the gal who said that she had to take a dump. Okay, fantastic. 
I told you guys she was the keeper. I told you. Me and my fiance are getting married on June 25th, so this is perfect. That is amazing. Jay, stay on the line. Let Allison take care of you, and uh, she'll get all your information, okay? Thank you. You got it. And again, we got tickets all week long. Cool. So, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Yes. It was out in Vegas. Yeah. And it had to be repaired because somebody stole the catalytic converter off of it. Man, that's happening a lot across the country. Even in Vegas and even the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. This is uh, Joseph Rodriguez. He's the parts administrator at Penske talking about the repairs that the Wienermobile needed to get up and running. This is uh, what he had to say. There's like gaskets there that you you need to reseal the converter. And then there's sensors all along that area to regulate the heat and temperature of the system. They tear that apart to get to what they want. They did like a little uh, minor repair. It's basically to have the vehicle running. It's not the correct part. It's just something temporarily. It's costing the person money and then the company and then just time. Uh, Yeah, those things are worth about three grand. Man. Catalytic converter. What, by the way, what? The, how do you get to be the one to drive the Wienermobile? I mean, they have like contests and applications. You can fill out. You can get paid to drive that thing. Right. I think Matt Bear put in his submission. <laughs> he gave him his resume. Right. Well, if there's nobody, if there's anybody qualified to drive <laughs> something called the Wienermobile, <laughs> it's our traffic guy, Matt Bear. Maybe that's where he is right now because he's not here today. That would so be his luck. He finally gets to drive the Wienermobile, <laughs> and somebody steals the Cadillac converter. <laughs> off of it um so again we watch a lot of crap so you don't have to on this station we watch the debates we watch the state of the union and nigel i want to give a hat tip to nigel he records the view in his office every afternoon Mm -hmm. and he never misses a minute of it as a matter of fact he told me earlier that sunny was his favorite cast member (laughs) sunny houston yeah right uh this is she made some dumb comments man regarding the super bowl well that's an evergreen statement right there (laughs) he could have just stopped at dumb comments so this is the (laughs) fine folks at the view talking about the super bowl last night and the fact that it was two black quarterbacks would have made it better for me is, you know, finally we know that black quarterbacks can lead teams so, and are smart enough to lead well, teams. I would like I, to see... I, I few, always knew that. That right? was we never knew a that. question. We knew but, that. But, um, you know, it takes people a minute to catch up. How about some black we'll owners? Right some black owners. Finally, black quarterbacks can lead teams. Oh, they're so, they're so smart. We didn't know they were smart. We didn't know they could lead team. Of course we did. What a racist we've, statement. I mean, that's that's we've known that all along. I mean, I mean, rattle off Warren Moon just comes to the top top of mind here. Well, Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. Of course, Doug Williams Doug William, won a Super Bowl. He was there at this. He was there at the Super Bowl. He won an award or something, didn't he? Doug Williams was he there? He was there as part that? of the, the ceremonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cam Newton played in a Super Bowl, and of course, Randall Cunningham, RG three was Rookie of the Year before he had that bad knee injury, and he was never really the same after it's that. It's a completely ignorant, clueless statement from somebody that doesn't know f- football and is always thinks in th- in terms of race. Uh, Randall Cunningham was a badass yeah. back in the day. Like unbelievable. Yeah, my, my yeah, my neighbor uh, was uh, my neighbor Marcus was wearing his jersey last night. 
And a current black quarterback is Dak Prescott of the Cowboys. Now, he's never played in the Super Bowl, but he did show up at the Super Bowl yesterday. He was given the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for his community service efforts. And this is what I love about sports. It doesn't matter why he's being recognized. He's being recognized for a good thing. But the Eagles and Cowboys are rivals, and the Eagles fans booed the hell out of Dak Prescott <laughs> accepting his Man of the Year award. Sir Payton NFL Man of the Year, Andrew Whitworth, who will present this year's award to Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. <laughs> Your newest Walter Payton Man of the Year, Dak Prescott. <laughs> That's what Philly fans think of the Dallas Cowboys. He's getting a prestigious award for his philanthropy and community (laughs) service. And how do they treat him? Boo! Of course, these are the same fans that threw snowballs and batteries at Santa. That is true. He wasn't the only high-profile person to get booed. So they were showing on the Jumbotron in the stadium all the celebrities that were there. So I'm going to play you a soundbite here. Let me know if you can tell when LeBron James comes on the screen. We go from (laughs) Paul McCartney to LeBron James and then Bradley Cooper. See if you can guess which one is LeBron. So you heard a little cheer for Paul McCartney, boo for LeBron, and then Bradley Cooper, who's a big Philadelphia Eagles fan, got the biggest pop. I bet when they put LeBron on the screen, he uh, he mimicked, he mimed like he was putting a crown on his head. He's the king. Right. So, yeah. I mean, come on. What an eye roll. Fans were into yeah. it, though. Hats off to the fans. It made for a great atmosphere. The Hammer and Nigel show linking up live with some very special guests who have not been on the air together on this signal since around October of 2020. It is our pleasure to introduce Mock and Daisy from The Chicks hey! on the Right. Woo! Look oh who's gosh. back. You know what? I have to correct one thing that I just realized. We did have a couple of appearances on the Chad Benson show. So we actually uh, have been on WIBC together this calendar year. <laughs> She's a stickler, you guys. A stickler. I just don't want to lie. Well, we're hoping that we can make this kind of like a weekly deal. And um, let's get right into it here. So we've got stuff in the sky. Is it the Chinese or is it aliens? <laughs> Mock, we go to you. Aliens. It's Chinese <laughs> aliens. She's so wrong. She's so wrong. So Think, wait, listen, you, you guys are in a fight about like, this. We're in a fight. We're in a big fat fight. Rear. <laughs> So, Daisy, tell us why you don't believe that E.T. is coming down here to bust a cap in our ass. I just don't think that the aliens want to be here. Would you want to be here if you're an alien? I think I'd fly on by. We're all a bunch of dumbasses now. I don't think they'd want to be here. But I, I think it's the Chinese. Like, I live on, I live in rural Texas, and I think that um, the Chinese have bought up all sorts of ranch land and farmland. What is it? Twice the amount of land that... New York City, they've yeah. bought all over the country. And so I think it's literally going to be like dawn all over again, out Patrick Swayze. Mock, what about you? 
I think it's aliens, man. And listen, there are. Are you being serious or are you just blowing smoke up our backside? Come on. No, she's serious. I'm a little bit serious only because they're not ruling it out. Like there are there are generals and like Congress people on record right now saying we cannot rule this out because the objects that they're taking down are completely mysterious and inexplicable to them. And they're not ruling it out. Mark so not ruling it out. Marco Rubio is not ruling it out. And so... And the Pentagon. The Pentagon! Is there any chance they're hiding some things from us, though, that they don't want the American public to know? Any chance of that happening? You think? You think maybe they're hiding some stuff? Yeah. uh Here's the thing that bothers me. Like, if I go to Vegas and I move one chip on a roulette wheel while the wheel is finishing, like, they will kick me out of the casino. There's pictures of me. There's pictures of me doing it we as a nation are shooting things out of the sky and we have no idea what it is yet but we're allowed to do that though right i mean if there's some weird you know stay puff marshmallow thing floating around in the sky <laughs> i feel like we should be able to shoot that if it's in our airspace we don't know what it is we should be able to shoot that well no i, mean, I agree not with until that they collected all the data <laughs> but we don't know what it is right. that's the problem I, but- like i want to know what the hell it is we've shot out of the sky where are all the pictures of this stuff like if I break the law, my mugshot is on every single you know website across the country. We shoot ET out of the sky, and nobody's got a picture. Nobody wants to talk to us yet. I feel like we know what they know what it is, though, Jason. Don't you think they know what it is? They're just not yeah. telling us what it is. Well, that don't sucks. You think that's what's happening here. Mock, hey, Mock, let me tell you why I don't think it's it's aliens. Is because these things have been awfully easy to shoot down. Forget about the Chinese spy balloon. We know that came from China. We know they were surveilling the United States. But if Great like you've point. seen you've seen the Tic Tac videos, right? That from the early two thousands, where <laughs> where I mean those things those things were motoring across the ocean, and the Navy pilots and the Air Force did not know what it was, mm-hmm. and there was it was impossible to track and sh- much less shoot down. These things came right down. So I, I think it's just some sort of advanced surveillance technology. Maybe it's from China, maybe it's from Russia, but they were awfully easy to shoot down as compared to those Tic. Tech videos because where they're we dumbing de- aliens are dumbing things down for us now. That's <laughs> oh what's happening. <laughs> She's she's out of her she's out of her mind. I don't it's know not, what I love more: Tic Tac videos or the fact that we're actually having legitimate conversations about shooting aliens out of the sky. I don't know which part of this makes me happier. This is 2023. It's like this. It's insanity. What about what about Biden's response? Let's go back to the beginning with the Chinese balloon allowing uh, being allowed to traverse the continental United States before they finally shot it down over Myrtle Beach. What did you think about Biden's response there? He looks he looks weak pathetic we look weak we look the laughing stock it was awful the way that was handled i mean he let he let it just go across the entire country before thinking okay well now that it's gone now that it's past our land let's go ahead and shoot it down now Mm -hmm. that they've gathered everything they can possibly gather and then they they take it down and then they're like oh yeah that was a surveillance that was for sure we've confirmed it now a surveillance spy balloon so yay us for taking it down so 
if somebody tries to primary Joe Biden. Because, listen, the Democrats don't want this guy to run. The only person that wants Joe Biden to run is the good Dr. Jill. If somebody is trying to primary Joe Biden, is this something they're going to bring up? Like, do you have faith that Gavin Newsom would have acted sooner or somebody else that's a Democrat? I don't think he would have brought I don't think um, he would have acted sooner. But I do think that he is snaky and weaselly enough to bring up in a primary, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Mock, I think because oh, yeah. they're gr- these people are gross. So get is the weaseliest of the weaselly. <laughs> and he will bring that up and act like he was some sort of alpha male when, in fact, he's probably the most beta of the betas. We're speaking with the yeah. Chicks on the Right. ChicksOnTheRight.com, I believe, is the website who has just been flagged uh, by the government as uh, disinformation. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> Yay! You did it. <laughs> Seriously, you. this is like a real thing, right? Uh, that your website got dinged by someone in the government. It did. Um, so, yeah, I was just looking this up. So the Department of State, our State Department, helped to fund a disinformation group called the Global Disinformation Index, wow. apparently. And so I had read the, I'd actually read the article and retweeted it because it was just one more example of, you know, the government, their um, they're having a hand in censorship of conservatives. And I retweeted it, not even realizing that we were on the list. <laughs> so someone else, <laughs> someone else, my attention, and they were like, "You guys are actually on that list." I was like, "Look at us go!" <laughs> Why are you on the list? Did they have any specific links to articles they deemed disinformation or anything? Do you know anything more about it? Because it's kind of creepy. It's very creepy. There's to like, me. there's a list. Oh, it is. Creepy. It is extreme and communist. It's like a total yes, communist uh, list. Yeah. And they keep they they categorize the people that are on the the websites that they have on the categorize. There's um I saw one category that. It says like hateful, like hate speech or whatever. And then another one uh, called false and misleading. And we, mm-hmm. along with Daily Wire, Newsmax, like hundreds of other ones were listed as false and misleading. All right. So ladies, yeah. wrap it up yeah. with this here. Last night, Super Bowl. I want to get your thoughts on everything that we saw from the anthem with Chris Stapleton. I think it was Babyface doing God Bless America, the game, pregnant Rihanna at halftime, uh, everything and in between, the commercials. I want to start with you, Daisy. I loved um, pregnant Rihanna. I really did. And I wasn't expecting to like the halftime show. I, I only watch the Super Bowl for the commercials and the halftime show. And I really thought she was awesome. Chris Stapleton knocked it out of the park he was fantastic and um and really the commercials kind of sucked other than gutfelds and the jesus ones i thought those were like the only ones that were somewhat entertaining the rest and nobody else was really funny or anything like that this year and those are that was it those are my highlights mock i would be with all of that um i, I know the baby face thing i thought was really really just sort of Average. It's like he was trying to turn it into a lullaby, which I didn't quite understand. Um, I completely ignored the the black whatever the black anthem they're now claiming is anth- whatever. I just it, I didn't even pay attention to that because there is only one national anthem and it's the Star Spangled Banner and that includes all of us, every last American. Um, and and like Daisy said, Chris Stapleton, Chris Stapleton like made me cry, made obviously everybody cry, including the Eagles coach um, and some of the. <laughs> 
players, which was amazing. And then uh, Rihanna, I thought it was a great performance. She covered most of my favorite hits, so I really enjoyed it. Can we start doing this, what we're doing now here, like on a regular basis with you guys on Mondays? Like, have, yeah. like feature you on a regular segment? Because I think you still have fans here in our audience for sure. And I, we I do? Think, of course. <laughs> of course. Where can people find you? And, and, and you guys are on daily, or are you on uh, different times during daily. the week? Okay. Really, really early in the morning. I get up at 4.45 every day. I like to remind people of that because it's Jeez. really early. Just in case they look at my face because, man, it's <laughs> early. <laughs> yeah, but it's work. Yeah, so we're on. I mean, all the places. All the places, right, Mark? Yeah, to um, to stream us live, YouTube, Rumble, Twitter, Getter, um, Facebook, obviously. And then all of our content is at chicksontheright.com. Um, and yeah, as long as there's a new wonderful jingle created for our segment with you, I, <laughs> yes. we're down I can for do right. that. Yeah. I yes. can Make do me it. have really big boobs. Make me have really big boobs, Jason. <laughs> we can do that. And we'll promise that for every 10,000 people that tune into your live stream, somebody will pull a Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would Perfect. Expect, I would expect nothing less. Ladies, yes. you are the best. Mock Daisy, the chicks on the right. Ladies, thank you. Thank you, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. An entire hour of the show coming up after 6 o'clock. You got any of those uh, leftovers from Super Bowl? I mean, I saw a spread like I've never seen on your end, man. Dude, we did it up. It was nice out. It was like in the 50s, so Beautiful we got the day. grill going. Beautiful day. So we made some uh, ribs, barbecue ribs on the grill. We had some wings that we got from Outback. No kidding. Um, we made some fried shrimp at home. We had all kinds of stuff, a potato bar, some noodles. Dude, you're going to be set for the week munching on those leftovers. Or are they gone already? Well, the wings, <laughs> my youngest has earmarked. The leftover ribs, yeah. my oldest has earmarked. And we ate everything else. Uh, Lindsay made this blue cheese dip. Uh, oh. a buffalo. Buffalo blue cheese. Uh, it's, it's delicious. Like chicken dip. Chicken, I'm down for chicken. some blue cheese stuff, man. Not everybody's involved in it. Not everybody yeah. likes it. I love it. And uh, I ordered uh, about like three orders of wings from the Friendly. They open up uh, special. For, they're usually closed on Sunday, but I like going in there like 45 minutes early and having a few beers and just chit-chatting with everybody. Right. So I was like one of my highlights of the Super Bowl, a tradition over the past couple of years. And then, uh, yeah, just a bunch of pizza and food. So um, I have a suggestion because yesterday was the Super Bowl. Uh, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And here's a good idea of what to do with all the leftovers you might have. This year, don't let your Super Bowl party leftovers go to waste. Turn them into a beautiful Valentine's Day surprise for your sweetheart. You know that cold <laughs> buffalo wing dip still laying around? Use your hands and mold it into a heart shape. Oh. And then, for added romance, overlap two Funyuns in the middle to represent your infinite and salty bond. Looking for a sexy dress to wear? With a couple of strategic cuts, the losing team's jersey can give you that sexy, short, and flirty look you're searching for. Oh, Need nice. a date? Come on, girl, you were just in a room with a bunch of drunken football guys. Pick one. It's the best way to have a happy Valentine's Leftovers Day. Can somebody pass the seven-layer dip macaroon? 
Did I hear a Funyuns reference? Oh, sure. Yeah. So just a little suggestion on what to do with those leftovers of the Super Bowl and how you can apply that to Valentine's Day. Dude, Funyun breath. Like after you eat some Funyuns, they don't make gum and mouthwash strong enough (laughs) to get rid of Funyun breath. Like it stays with you. It becomes part of you. It becomes part of your soul. You can't get rid of Funyun breath. Uh, Now, if you don't have any leftovers, because again, we're running short at the Hammer House and you're still looking to make an impression tomorrow for valentine's day there's a special place that i know will take your reservation this valentine's day make it a romantic date she'll never forget you don't need roses or chocolates or jewelry this year show her how much you love her by making reservations at waffle house (laughs) what the hell yes it's an evening she will never forget what are you thinking warning you should probably not make reservations at waffle house unless you're intending to break up reservations for valentine's only at participating waffle house locations waffle house (laughs) great idea dude i'm telling you the coupon lady and i would love a date at waffle house we did the white castle one a couple years back we'll be right back it's the hammer and nigel show